Welcome to The Table, a place where stories are told, life is shared, and our hope is that you'll leave full. We encourage you to sit back, pull up a chair, and enjoy the conversation. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of The Table. I'm your co-host, Drew Phillips, and joining me around the table today is my other co-host, Chris Albritton. Welcome. And the one and only Amy Anthony. Hey everyone. Well, thank you guys for joining us. We're excited to be here. Amy, thanks for taking the time out of your busy schedule to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Why don't we go ahead and tell our listeners a little bit about yourself? All right. Well, I grew up in Ontario, Canada, which is not near as far away as some people might think. I can actually get home in about seven hours. I uh, actually moved to the States to go to Anderson University, which is a couple hours from here. Came as a math major which is unusual because I feel like I can barely add anymore, but <laughs> um, ended up switching uh, my freshman year to a ministry degree with a minor in piano. Hmm. Actually wanted to be a missionary in Uganda when and I was And you wanted to play the piano while you piano. did that? I did, yeah. That's how you were going to No, I was trying not to, to waste the years and years that my parents nice. invested into someone So you're just was, a good kid is what I'm hearing. I, well, yeah, yeah I'm, okay. the, I'm the oldest, <laughs> okay. so I'm, I'm the typical... Typical yeah, child, typical right. oldest kid. So, uh, yeah. So, um, after school, ended up uh, running a group home for teen moms. Ended up marrying my college sweetheart, Brad. We have two kids, Ben and Sophie. Moved to Lafayette about 12 or 13 years ago. And we've been here ever since. Was it Brad's uh, decision to move? Was it a job or was it what Actually, the area? Uh, unlike most people who move to somewhere, we were kind of moving away from mm-hmm. somewhere. The city that we were in was was struggling. The schools weren't great. Mm-hmm. I did not think I was cut out for homeschooling. Mm-hmm. And so we started looking and I just said there needs to be good schools and a target. And so here and we both, are. Huh? Nice. And great. your husband needed some place to hunt. That is definitely always on his radar. <laughs> okay. Hunting and fishing Same. and uh, you know it's a bit of a struggle here. There's yeah. some ups and downs. Yeah. So looking towards retirement, we definitely have different uh, different goals of what we're looking right. for. I'm looking for warm weather and, and he he's looking for enough. animals that he can yeah. I, 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 kill. I'll never forget when we announced that um, Chris was coming up here and yeah. we were telling about that. I can remember Brad's reaction. He can literally walk off his back porch and go hunting. Yeah. Yes, Why in the world is he moving to West Lafayette? Yeah, no, he, he actually <laughs> was thinking maybe they could do some sort of job swap yeah. where yeah. he could go back down there. And and a house and, swap maybe? Maybe, maybe. something. He yeah. would have loved it. Yeah. He would love it down there. So so tell us a little bit about your faith story. All right. Well, I uh, grew up in a pastor's home, so I am a PK, yeah. which is a pastor's kid for those who aren't mm-hmm. familiar with that lingo. However, um, I would say not a traditional PK. My dad actually um, came to Christ as an adult, so he did not grow up in the church, so he... Uh, did not ever learn really what it what it looked like to be a pastor, and so he was pretty non-traditional. We had um, a lot of people living with us off and on growing up, alcoholics, single moms, uh, drug addicts, and he did a lot of uh, ministering to the messy people that at that time um, really weren't uh, very accepted even by our mm. church. So I got a front row seat to what it looks like to really live out your faith when you're taking seriously the words of Jesus. So, wow. um, so I, I really credit 
so much to my parents who were just an amazing example to me of what it looks like to love people and to love Jesus. So I did grow up seeing kind of a lot of ugly sides of church. Um, my dad was fired from a couple churches for doing um, what I thought was definitely the right thing. And so, um, yeah, so kind of an interesting story. And then uh, in the culture I grew up in, um, very few Christians, right? So I grew up in Canada, big city, um, one of the only Christians, if not the only Christian in my high school that I knew. I went to a super small church, so no youth group. Um, so I really grew up learning to live out my faith in a very um, anti-Christian culture. Mm. So when I moved to the States, to the Bible Belt, went to a Christian college. Bit of a shock then, wasn't it? Total <laughs> shock. Like when I first moved here, I totally thought that everyone on the campus would be singing like Kumbaya and having, <laughs> you know, like prayer meetings all day, which I did find was not actually true. But I have a vivid memory when I first moved here of sitting in a Wendy's and looking over and seeing a couple with their kids praying for their lunch. And like, it blew my mind. I had never really seen that in public before. Um, I came down for like a Church of God camp meeting and there were about 6,000 people at this uh, dome worship center. And I literally thought that was all the Christians in the whole world that must be there because mm -hmm. I had never, ever worshiped with more than probably maybe a hundred wow. Christians at mm -hmm. one time. Um, so yeah, it was a really big uh, culture shock. It was a culture shock to meet Christians whose walk did not match their talk. And so that yeah. was something I had to um, kind of wrestle with for a while um, and got a little frustrated with that during my college years. But um, yeah, so I, I don't remember a time in my life where I did not ever um, believe in God, follow Jesus, um, have really him as the center of my life. So I'm, I'm thankful for that. There were definitely times when I was in high school and college that I thought my testimony was really boring and I wished I had a much more exciting um, testimony. But now that I'm a parent, <laughs> I understand that, <laughs> that, that the, yeah. uh, the, quote, boring testimony is definitely a blessing and something yeah. I would pray for everyone. So, sure. yeah. Very good. So. Uh, Amy, over the past year, has moved into a new position here at Calvary. Uh, but before we talk about the new position, let's talk about your former position. Uh, and I, I love this story. It, it is a clear representation of Amy Anthony, of just how she got started in children's ministry uh, into where we are today as she's now uh, no longer uh, a part of the children's ministry, but in another area in the church. So why don't you tell us about uh, moving to Calvary and, uh, and how you got started in children's ministry? Yeah, for sure. So um, ironically, I would not say that I'm a person who naturally loves children, which may come as a shock considering that I just spent almost 10 years mm -hmm. in children's mm -hmm. ministry. Um, I've worked with teenagers before, adults before, not a lot of kids. The church that we came from before we moved here was a smaller church, so we um, were pretty burned out Um got ourselves super overcommitted there. Mm -hmm. And so when we first came to Calvary, I told Brad, okay, do not make eye contact with anyone. We are not volunteering for anything. We need to not, you know, get overcommitted. So just, you know, eyes down yeah. and out, you know. So after we were here for probably about six months, I said, okay, all right, this is, this is our church home. We probably need to, uh, you know, step up and start volunteering. And so um, I approached someone and said, hey, what do you guys need help with? And they said, oh, you know, we really need help with kids ministry. And I was like, ah, what else do you need help with? <laughs> and uh, they were like, no, really kids. And I was like, all right, well, I have two. 
they're still, you know, breathing. So uh, I'll see what I can do. So yeah. they put me in a three, four-year-old classroom at the time was called the King's Castle. So wow. anyone who's listening who's a, a throwback to the old building would remember the King's Castle. Um, and I found I actually really loved it. So I started teaching, um, I think every other week. And then I was like, no, put me in every week because I want to, you know, the consistency and tell the story week after week and started making little changes, asking if I could do this, asking if I could do that. Next thing I knew I was the children's pastor. (laughs) So, yeah. And just fill the gap is really what, what, uh, you were called to from the beginning. That's what I love about Amy mm-hmm. is that every time there's a need that nobody really, really even wants to step into, she's right there and is like, I'll take it. Just let me take care of it. Yeah, uh, ironically, nobody's asked me to lead worship yet. I, well, so, I just, she does play, play the piano, piano now. Uh, yes. Oh, not well. <laughs> so and I have to have the notes well. in front of me, which is not uh, not compatible with the super cool chording good, charts and stuff. Do you have any good... Um, highlights of your time as children's pastor here at Calvary? Oh, Maybe goodness. one or two. So the funny thing is I have heard kids in this church say hilarious things about their parents that their parents would be so embarrassed oh, about if they knew. So I don't want to share any specific <laughs> yeah, stories, yeah. but I have definitely had my jaw drop a few times. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, no, I love teaching kids. Um, I think there's something really beautiful about having to break down uh, the scriptures to a level of mm-hmm. a six-year-old or a second grader yeah. or a fourth grader and really trying to figure out like, what are the basic takeaways? What is it that God wants me to do with this passage? And every week, um, as I'm teaching, I end up thinking this really applies to me and there's, you know, something God wants me to get out of this. Um, so I love that. Yeah. And I've actually had several teachers over the years, my husband included, who has faithfully taught uh, five-year-olds for a long time, which is great, um, say that teaching Sunday school is one of the best ways to learn your Bible mm-hmm. because we we do a three-year curriculum in our um, Calvary Kids Ministry that goes through the Bible from beginning to end um, and does not skip over any weird stories. So I have teachers all the time who are like, I have never heard that yeah. story before. Yeah. Um, so it's great. I think it's a great way to learn your Bible, great way to see God through a child's eyes and so I, I really loved it. Certainly, certainly awesome. Yeah. Uh, so tell our listeners now that your uh, tenure, your decade or so that you spent in children's ministry is coming to a close. Um, you're stepping into a new role now. And so t- tell our listeners a little bit about what that new role will be. Yeah. So um, I'm super excited to be in the missions and outreach role now. Um, I do some communication stuff on the side, too, and so I, I enjoy that. But I'm really looking... She to- says on the side, but she does all of <laughs> our all communication. Of so Again, filling a gap. That's right. <laughs> filling a gap. Uh, yeah, small plug that if anybody loves doing graphics and website, yeah. give me a call. Um, so I have always loved missions and outreach, Um, Even in high school, I did some volunteer work in that. Like I said, in college, I thought that I was going to end up being a missionary um, in Africa. And I've always loved even working with the hurting people in our local communities. And so I'm really kind of coming full circle back to where I think I started. And ironically, if you look back at the kids ministry, even though I was doing children's ministry, I kept trying to fit mission stuff in there. So I was like, yeah. hey, kids, we're going to raise money to, to build wells. Mm-hmm. Hey, we're going to, you know, collect um, school supplies for a VBS in the Dominican. So through over the last couple of years, I've um, been working with servanthood Sundays and planning missions trips. And I've always felt like I wasn't able to give it 
the time and attention that it deserves. So I'm, I'm really excited to be able to have more time to not just um, plan activities involved around missions, but really to start meeting with people one-on-one and, um, you know, maybe doing some blogging and writing on what it looks like to live on mission every day in your life. And not just when you hop on a plane and go across the country. Certainly. So what are some, uh, you mentioned a few things that you uh, are excited about. Is there anything else that you're hoping to develop in the future? It's been, it really has been an amazing thing to see that you have been able to do uh, some of the media stuff as well as do children's as well as do missions. So now there's a singular focus uh, that I think is going to be beneficial for our church. I know that that is really where your heart lies. Uh, what are some things that you hope to develop in the future outside of what you already said? Yeah, I think what I'm most excited about is hopefully having more time to figure out what is it that God's already doing in the mm-hmm. hearts of people in our church? What is it that the people in our church are already passionate about when it comes to either local ministries, local missions, yeah. or international missions, and to come along um, beside them and, you know, be the wind beneath their wings, yeah. help them um, either connect the dots if they don't um, see what they're doing already as a mission field. You know, for example, if someone's uh, coaching a soccer team, mm-hmm. you know, they are getting to build relationships with people who may never choose to step inside of a church. But if they're not seeing that through the lens of it being a missions opportunity and, and um, a chance to perhaps bridge people to God, I would love to come along and help them see that through that lens. And then for people who are serving already at places like Lafayette Transitional Housing, Matrix, um, recently got the opportunity to put together the Mexico missions trip because we had a student in our church who was interested in home building, particularly in areas like Mexico. I really want to find out what people want to do, what they're already passionate about, and then figure out how their church can come along beside them and help, help make that happen. That's awesome. Where did your passion for um, missions develop from, or where is that kind of, how has that grown? Uh, I think it's because I like to go to warm weather mm. and I figured that was the fastest way to get myself on a plane a couple times a year to No more missions in, in Canada then, huh? You're not no. going back that way. Uh, you will never see me planning an Alaska missions trip. <laughs> well, uh, now that I've said that, yeah. there will you know, probably be someone who comes up and says that they feel a call really to like Alaska. Cold yeah. Yeah. No. Um, Oh, I'm trying to think. I can't think of like one specific time or one pivotal thing. I think I've always had a love. I can actually remember even in the small church I grew up in when missionaries, you know, back in the old days, missionaries would come to your church and set up a table and have mm-hmm. all the cool trinkets and maybe a couple foods. I always found that really fascinating. Um, And then as I began to go on missions trips, I loved seeing things from a more global point of view, you know, before the internet and things that, you know, now I feel like the world is shrinking, right? Because we just, you know, know so much. But um, I love going to other cultures and seeing our brothers and sisters, how they worship. Um, I feel like there's so much to be learned there to see through God's eyes. But then locally, I don't know, I've just always been drawn to people who are hurting and struggling. Some of it could be, now that I think of it, other than the fact that my parents did have a lot of, like we said, messy people growing up. um, I just always felt incredibly blessed by the fact that I had such a stable upbringing um, that I, my heart goes out to people who don't have, who didn't have that. And so, you know, if there's something that I can do to help um, 
remove the obstacles that are help that are are uh, making it hard for them to connect with God. You know, whether that's um, emotional or whether it's mental, whether it's physical. Um, I, I I'm really passionate about that. Yeah, and you can see it uh, from your upbringing that. Uh, missions kind of bases off of compassion. There's an area of compassion there. And based on your upbringing, you really can see that um, that you had a heart for that specific area. Mm-hmm. Um, and even through your college days, and I think the idea that, that you just want to see different areas of the world is a broader perspective of, of the global church mm-hmm. uh, that we all need a perspective of. We can sit in, in this area and only have the perspective of uh, of what Indiana looks like. But there's a much bigger picture out there, and so mm-hmm. I love that you're that you're using that uh, and expanding that those efforts and missions in, across our uh, church here. So. Yeah, and most of the places that we go to internationally already have a real strong presence of believers there. Yeah, and so again, we're not going for one week. Mm-hmm. We're to just you know change everything in one week. We're going to encourage and work along beside what God's already yeah, doing. I there. love that. So yeah. Um, so I yeah. So that's great. And it's, it's always, you always find when you, you know, everyone comes back from a missions trip as well and they say, you know, oh, it was good, but I felt like I, I was impacted more than the people always. who were there. And I, again, that's part of it because God is already at work there. Mm-hmm. And so you're just getting to experience him in a different way out of your context, out of your context and away from all of your distractions. Yeah, and so exactly. I think it just, it, again, it's one of those things that I feel like from a spiritual formation and a discipleship standpoint, missions um, kind of puts people on steroids in their growth because it removes all of the distractions and allows you to see God in a new light. Uh, and so being able to do that and being a part of a church who values that, who wants to put emphasis on that, who wants to continue to grow in that area, uh, for me is something that I'm really excited and I love that we love that we do. Absolutely. Yeah. And a local effort that we do here is the annual IGM Run for Justice yep. uh, coming up this weekend. So Amy, why don't you tell us a little bit about that? All right. So the Run for Justice is actually our 10th year. Wow. So that's exciting. Uh, started out with our youth group here at Calvary. They did a Bible study put out by the IJM. And 10 years ago, very few people were talking about human trafficking, yeah. sex trafficking, um, modern day slavery. And so the youth group at the time finished up the study and said, uh, what's next? Like we can't, ju- we, now that we know, we can't not do something. Mm-hmm. So they started this run and it started out very small, very basic. Um, and over the years it has grown. We have an amazing team with about 15 people. Uh, it's a chip timed 5k, 10k. We've added a kid's dash. Um, and I believe over the years we've raised over a hundred thousand dollars for the international wow. missions, uh, justice mission. And then really cool connection. A couple of years ago, the IJM started challenging churches to partner with uh, local field offices in an attempt to make it just a closer partnership, a little more tangible about what you're supporting. And so we chose to support the IJM office in the Dominican Republic, which is where we um, send a team every summer to work with a church there on their VBS. And so the last three years, we've gotten to go visit the IJM office and hear directly from uh, the lawyers and the um, field workers about actual cases where they are rescuing children from from human trafficking. So, yeah, amazing, amazing organization. That's great. That's great. So this year, we're a little bit different on our... uh, 
our course that we're going to use and yeah. location. Why don't yeah. you tell the listeners about that a little bit? Yeah. So usually the run, um, of course, Calvary hosts the run, and we usually have it over at Cumberland Park, but they are breaking ground and starting to build the new community center. And so we are excited that Connection Point Church has agreed to allow us to use their facilities to host the run. So we'll be starting over there. And for those who are runners, they're going to love this route. Um, It's going to be a really great route. So we have a 5K, 10K. We'll be starting over at Connection Point, uh, ending at Connection Point, and then hopefully, um, you know, we'll see all the same people come out and maybe hopefully get some new people too. Yeah, and we'll we'll put a link down in the show notes to where they can learn more about the run, can sign up and do all of that if you want to run. If you're not a runner and you just want to sponsor and be able to give you some of your resources to the effort, you can do that as well. We'll put a link to all of that. Yeah, and we have lots notes. of volunteer opportunities too to stand along the road, make sure people are going the right direction, uh, cheer them on. So yeah. yeah, lots of opportunities to get involved. That's awesome, awesome. So as we finish up our time here, uh, what is one thought or question that you want our listeners to wrap up and take home with them um, as they as they finish up the rest of their day today? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I think as people come back from missions trips, I pretty frequently hear people say, I just loved being there because it was so easy to mm-hmm. talk about God. Yeah. And I just felt like, um, you know, God was using me and I just you know, then I come back and I go to school and go back to work and it's back to the same, same. And, and they, they miss that. And so what I would really love to challenge uh, all of us, our, our listeners and, and all of us to do is to wake up every morning and think, what if I approached every day of my life with the same expectation as I do when I wake up on a, on a missions trip? You know, what, what is it that, uh, what is it that God wants me to do today? Who am I going to meet? Where are the opportunities um, to love someone, to point someone to Jesus, and really take that uh, mentality from the missions trip and apply it to your everyday life? And so that's, I'm excited about that. I think that's something I really want to dive into this coming year. And uh, that would, I think that would be my parting thought. Very nice. And also, along with that, I would just echo. Uh, if you are considering on going on a mission trip, just just talk with you, talk yeah. with Amy about what that looks like. I encourage everybody to consider from this point on till this time next year to consider how they can serve in some way. We would love to see the amount of, of uh, people who are going on mission trips increase over the year uh, or the next two years even. And so I encourage you to, to consider and pray about that as well. So Yeah, for sure. Well, Amy, thanks for joining us today. It's been fun to have this conversation. Thank you to our listeners for joining us. Chris, thanks for being here. Yeah, man. Have a great day, everybody. Thank you for listening to The Table, a podcast of Calvary Church in West Lafayette. Music was provided by Heath Bentley. For more information, check us out at yourcalvary.info.